1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football.
1: Welcome to Bink
0: at
2: Night. That's right, welcome to Bink at Night. Jay Binkley, Kramer, Sansone producing the operation. We're about uh, a little over a month from doing this stuff all the time during the week again? That's very true. It's going to be back good to be talking football. I've got two TVs on, Kramer. Can you guess what they're what they're both on? Uh, take a wild guess. One of them is the Field of Dreams, of course. One of them will be the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa tonight. This and, is kind of cool.
3: And I assume it's a, a preseason football
2: game. It is the Patriots with Mac Jones, Cam Newton battling out against... Number 50, Mac Jones? He went to 10 today. That's good. About time they changed the number. That's weird. Wouldn't that be weird seeing a quarterback at fifty? Yeah, Taylor Heineke, the big battle him and Fitzmagic. We're all pulling for Fitzmagic to the starter there. Taylor Heineke did sign a two-year contract with him, though. I mean, he looked good. good during the postseason, so why not? Yeah, I know. How about that? He almost beat Tampa Tom. You know, he also played in what league? The XFL. Thank you, Kramer. Another guy from a fine league. We got football. We got the Eagles Steelers tonight. What we'll to find that one? Nope. Oh, it might be uh <laughs> excuse me, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh only. But NFL Network, we got the uh, the Pats, the uh, Washington football team, and we have the Field of Dreams game on as well. Are you pumped for this too? Because it's got, you feel a little buzz, don't you? They're actually playing in the cornfield. Dyer's reliable. We talked about it last night. The players. All right. So Major League Baseball. Sets up an eight thousand seat stadium they built. Supposed to have a game last year between the Yankees and White Sox. Then COVID hit. Then the Cardinals, Cardinals. Yeah, last year. Yeah. The Yankees and we're going to play the Cardinals. But no, the Cardinals weren't the first initial team. Remember, the Cardinals were a COVID replacement, weren't they? Yes. Last season, but they bagged the game. So they're doing it now. They got a guy. I'm watching now on Fox. They got a guy walking through the cornfield. But players going to be walking through the cornfield.
3: And that guy walking to the cornfield's
2: Kevin Costner, being well looked a little gray to me right, because he, he is a little gray to you but it's from the backside, at the front we i don't know it was kevin costner so it's kevin costner so anyway the field of dreams kramer they're not playing on that field for one you need to put people around it but the other thing dimensions it was like 300 to the left this one's a little bit different this is 350 i think to the left about 400 in center so major league baseball set up a stadium there eight thousand seats and then the players will walk through the cornfield, and there's a little path that'll take you to the original set, but it's right there. And you know there's a little farmhouse that's still there from the movie. Yeah, you can rent it for 500 bucks a night.
3: Yeah, no, I, I was there and back in June. It was beautiful. It, it was actually it's crazy now to see all that corn grown because there was like it was not even that tall at all. It was probably like knee length when we were there. But yeah, no, it's a, I, I enjoy this. It, it, it's fun. It's good. It, it actually makes baseball relevant for something. And so it's something more notable for. I hope they do this
2: every single year. You know, it's cool. They, they do these things, though. Baseball will do these things. They just don't market these things. They've played at Fort Bragg. That was a cool event. It's for the military there at Fort Bragg. It was really cool to see Major League Baseball in a military installation. They've done it at Williamsport, Little League World Series. The Royals have played the Tigers up at Omaha. Creighton, where Creighton plays TDM Air Trade. They built two stadiums at the same time, that one, and then Warner Park where the Storm Chasers play. But this was supposed to be built like the old Comiskey, because like they're gonna be wearing throwback uniforms as well. This whole thing is kind of cool, and seeing Costner walk on—he's still in movie form too. Like i am i just got it in the corner of my eye. He's still in the movie form walking out. What do you think that house is renting for tonight? Because it's like an Airbnb now, right? We the the movie set house you can stay in it.
3: If it's not close to fifty thousand dollars for tonight alone, then they're doing it wrong. And they're if they want to make money for the donations, because you have to you have to donate to go there if you want to. You can you can you can donate. So it's like I mean, why not? Like this. Fifty thousand? That might be low.
2: Well, the tickets are going for over a thousand, right? Yeah, hey, close to well, the highest high
3: highest watermark is three thousand. Oh, north
2: of three thousand. But you know, to be honest with you, this is cool. Like for once, like baseball's got it. Like this, like it dream brings out the emotions in everybody that movie with Kevin Costner and you know playing catch with your dad. It resonates in American that movie. Even though you haven't watched the Kramer, but you've been to the Field of Dreams this summer, which is incredibly weird, incredibly weird. But you do weird things. You told me when you came in here you're doing yoga because it looks good on Chris Jones. Yeah. But he's also said he's eating a lot of fish. You have yet to have said, hey, I'm eating a lot I of fish. I still eat a lot of chicken. All right, so the Yankees and White Sox are walking out of the cornfield right now. Walking out of the cornfield. See, this is nostalgic. This is old school. You know, there's the Yankees and White Sox walking out from the cornfield on the field. This is what baseball needs to spotlight. I think they did a good job of kind of promoting this game, Kramer. But, of course, we knew about this game. But did the American public know about this game? Like, we knew about it because this is our this is our realm. This is our wheelhouse. This is where we reside. We reside in the sports world, so we're looking forward to it. But does America know about this game? I feel like they
3: do because, I mean, about how big of the movie it was itself when it first came out, and now if they're finally having a remake of this, of an actual legit Major League Baseball game, this game's going to count no matter what. It's not an exhibition. Oh, it's a real game. This, this isn't like a spring training game. This will definitely count, and the fact that they're doing it like this Throwbacks and all, it just adds a a more realism aspect to a movie that we're just going to see play out in person. I mean,
2: this is this is so cool that they're doing this. But the bottom line is, they get MLB Network out there and all this. My my question to you though, Kramer, did, you, did your mom know about this?
3: But the, about this game?
2: Do people that, of that didn't fault. Okay, because we talked about it. Would she have known about it if we didn't talk about it? You know what? That's a good question. Because I honestly don't think she would
3: have. The only reason why she knew last year is because we we're talking about exactly, it. Exactly. The only reason why I know last year that she would have known or remembered it is because the Cardinals were supposed to play the White Sox. That's the only reason why she knew. She thought it was cool. So, like, I mean, why not go there during the, I guess this year to go see it? Which is awesome. I'm not mad about it. So there's Aaron Judge, you know, walking out there. There's Kevin Costner. Is it just me or should they? Have we're all not, shaking uh, Costner's hand. Should they have not offensed the the like cornfield Like he's the part? Messiah. <laughs> he's just an actor, man. They shouldn't. They shouldn't have fenced the cornfield part. I feel like the, the cornfield the the stock should have been the wall itself. I told you, corn ears are, they're good for one time. One time the, you pick them. They're also
2: very sharp. You don't want to run into a cornfield maze. But the bottom line is, this is such a cool event. It's on main television. On Fox. Like it's right on Fox. You don't have to search for this on TBS or True TV it's or free any, TV. MLB now it's free TV. Antennas work with this. They get the little storm thing on the top because this big old storm came through the city earlier, knocked the air conditioner off, but it came back on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is not a night that I needed swamp ass, to be honest with you, Kramer. Yeah, last night we had it. but uh, So, Coster's going to throw out the first pitch. The players wear old school uniforms. This, I hope people are watching this. I did not see the commercials running as much for this, Kramer. I mean, I hope to see them more with their partners. Because, you know, I I do watch Fox News, especially the sports, the weather, that kind of stuff. But I didn't hear the buildup. I heard Fesco, you know, him and Kling were leading off their show with it this morning. So if you listen to sports radio, you knew this was going on. But do people know this is going on? If people that never watched a Yankees or or White Sox game this year, will they turn this on because it's something different, something out of the ordinary? Again, like we told you about the NFL, you if you have a Super Bowl party, you probably got people there. Now a lot of people there are fantasy football and they've watched you know all season long. But how many people there are just casual watchers? They won't watch every single game. Well, but the Super Bowl is an event.
3: Well, yeah, this is this is different, though. I mean, this is clearly an, an event for Major League Baseball, but if this was just one night of alone, like say if it was, this was the first game back from the All-Star break and they had this game out there, honestly, that'd be more of an event rather than it is today. If it was this was being played in the, at the, this could, the grounds for the World Series, this would be a perfect event for that. But that's the only reason why you really can't compare the events to the NFL side, to the baseball side, to do the 162
2: games and knowing that football plays once a week. But I told you last night, Like, baseball is usually so far behind the ball, right? It's true. When it comes to everything. You know, like when they started their season in Japan, remember that a few years ago with the Mariners? Yeah, Mariners always. The broadcasters stayed in Seattle, which became a COVID. It was rare then, but it became a COVID tradition. Heck, ESPN was broadcasting a few basketball games back from Bristol. They weren't there. But then we saw a whole year full of broadcasters not even going anywhere. They're just sitting, you know, somewhere and doing the games. And some teams are still like that at this point. But baseball... It's such a regional deal. Like, you're you're regionally locked into the team that you're watching. I liken a lot to MLS. Like, how many many MLS fans are just watching sporting? Are they going to sit down and watch the Red Bulls play like the Galaxy or anything? Are they going to sit down and watch another game? No, they're probably going to watch sporting. Some fans are going to be hardcore MLS fans and watch anything. Like baseball, you're watching the Royals. But do you watch Sunday Night Baseball with the other teams? I mean, this is an opportunity to watch other teams. Football is like it because you watch every game. You watch the Chiefs and you watch Sunday Night Football, you watch Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football. You like other games because of the fantasy football, the gambling aspect, and everything that comes through it. Baseball is gravitated. We mentioned it last night. They're working on a partnership now. I think Barstool Sports is one of the the people they're working with to have, because baseball now has open opportunity. There's an open window for two nights a week for Major League Baseball. It'd be a gambling aspect. The betting line aspect of baseball because baseball is in bed with gambling at this point. They are because they, they they realize they need the eyeballs. Because here's the deal, like gamblers, they will watch your your show till the end. Like they'll watch Charlotte basketball till the end. You know why? Because they got money on it and they carry the final line matters, the point spread matters, the over under that stuff matters. The casual fan they'll turn off in 15 minutes, but the gambler will watch the game the entire time that's the person
3: you do need. And I think with the, say with the Barstool thing that you just mentioned, MLB, when they had like that moon, they said, hey, this this date is going to be spectacular. That's when they launched the MLB Rally app where you can do the betting from any single game. You can click on the Royals game and you can bet whether if it's going to be a hit, an out, a strikeout, that. that's what's perfect about for sports betting. And that's, I mean, it honestly is a gambling degenerate like myself and I know among people such as uh, Alex Gold, <laughs> he'll jump all over it and I'll jump all over it too. The only thing is, I wish I wish it was legal to gamble
2: here in Missouri well, or Kansas. It's on the dock. And, it uh, should be. I hope so. They've talked about it. It's Kansas-Missouri. will get on board. You know why? Because right now, Iowa and Arkansas is taking all the money. Like this whole area of people from Kansas City going up to Iowa or they're going down to Arkansas. Like the state of Missouri is losing money to Iowa and Arkansas. And so was Kansas. And it's right there in front of them. And heck, the so- Supreme Court said you could do it. Listen, most states are getting on, on board with this. Kiosk at different stadiums for the gambling aspect. But you're going to start seeing this everywhere. It'll be in Missouri and Kansas very soon. It might be. They're already discussing it. This, this is just a formality at this point.
3: But a sports betting does take control over Major League Baseball, that's a good thing for Major League
2: Baseball. It not, really is. 913-576-7610, the Southland Toe Service text line. We've got Ron Kopp, ArrowheadPride.com, joining us talking Chiefs at 630. A lot of Chiefs talk tonight, of course. Uh, from the text line, 913, MLB is garbage, straight trash. Well, they're not getting you. But aren't you a little bit interested in, it, though? Aren't you a little bit interested to see the Yankees and White Sox? Because if they were playing in Chicago on the South Side, when they're playing in the Bronx, you might not be watching it. But the fact they're playing in a cornfield old school uniforms with Kevin Coster standing on the field, giving out speeches, gonna be throwing out the first pitch, that might strike your interest.
3: And the thing is, they they targeted the two biggest markets in Major League Baseball, whether if it's in New York or in Chicago. Like that's it's it's smart on Fox's part to try to get this game. And I mean, clearly, everybody in Chicago are also
2: in New York to be watching. Another text since I can't watch the Royals anymore because they don't have cable. Boom. It's not over the air. Rabbit ears, whatever. Anything works with this. I was curious about the ratings between this and preseason football tonight, but obviously, that's on the NFL network. Not everybody has that, but everybody's got this. 913. I haven't heard anything about this game until today. That's a problem. That's a listener of ours, it's a sports radio fan. That's a sports fan. I doubt you're listening to 610 Sports Radio unless you're a sports fan. Just guessing, Kramer. Just guessing. 913 again, diehard baseball fan here. Play lots of fantasy and watch. So this guy watches fantasy and watches baseball. Had no idea this was today. That's a problem. That's a problem. But I think that's what a lot of people do. Like we're drawing it up and talking about it because this is like something cool. See them play Major League Baseball in the state of Iowa in the cornfield. It's cool. It's right up our alley. It's like something that we we like the oddball stuff. This is clearly an oddball stuff. But this is a guy or gal that watches baseball, plays fantasy baseball. They had no idea it was on. That's a marketing problem, Kramer. That is a marketing problem. And I get it. They've had two years to talk about this. They have. Last year's game was canceled. But a lot of people don't know about these things. Like the NFL. If the the NFL was going to have a game in a cornfield tonight, they would have found a way to make sure you know about it. You would have seen commercials running all the time about it. They would have pushed their guys on NFL network and all the different radio shows for months. You would have heard about it. Had the NFL been playing uh, even the NHL, when they play a game at Bush stadium or Fenway or the Naval Academy or the big house, people know about it, right? Last year's in Tahoe. They, they knew about it.
3: And from the nine one three, today, the guy said made national news today. So I, I there's some people that do know about it, and also the marketing scheme for for this game. I feel like they've they've done all out for it, especially if you have MLB Network. I mean, granted, that's also MLB also put, pumping it out. But I've I've seen a few things about this on ESPN, of course, always on Fox when there's always that Saturday game on Fox. They've always been saying it ever since they the start of the season. They will publicize it.
2: They will publicize it and in their partnership too, because now the ESPN the NFL Network. I mean, i Hey, this game is over on the NFL Network. It's part of the deal. And you know what? These networks should say that. Hey, if we're paying a billion dollars, mention our name. Even on the other networks, these guys are all friends. I've seen those collages before when they'll have Zoom calls, have Al Michaels and Joe Buck on at the same time. That's cool.
3: It's always good for partnership that way, especially for a game like this. It, 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 It helps out the product for Major League Baseball because, I mean, if Major League Baseball has licenses with, say, TBS, they have it with Fox, uh, once it comes up, even more, they bet they put games on TNT or True TV during the postseason. So they at least know that they can use everything
2: all in the youth and wealth of every single network. Here's one for the 785. JMLB can't even market Mike Trout and Shohei Otani properly. MLB marketing is the worst. It's true. It's
3: not as bad as the NHL, though.
2: That's the true. NHL is and the I worst. I know Trout's been hurt, but can you imagine
3: Otani playing this game? Come on. <laughs> oh, people tune in just for that. Did you see the numbers for the All-Star game? Everybody wanted to watch Shohei.
2: Here's another one. Seven eight five. I think it's a really cool idea. I'll probably watch a couple of innings of the Field of Dreams game, but I'm not watching the whole game. Casey Kirk. That's cool. They get the A-10 Thunderbolts flying right now or Fields of Iowa. I mean, honestly, the, this, tank killers. the best part
3: for this game is the opening act of it, of the players just coming out of the field. I'm not going to lie. I got goosebumps when I was watching it. So, I mean, that's the best part about it. Watch a couple innings and turn it over to football because it that's what electricity. time it is.
2: gives us electricity. Someone asked me what beer I'm drinking. No, I'm, I'm drinking an energy drink. That's the uh, noise you heard. What are you drinking later on, though? I don't know yet. Don't know I found uh, some Oktoberfest I've been wanting to buy. Attaboy. Thanks to my friends in the industry. Uh, the beer industry, not this industry, because you guys are no help. Regardless, we'll switch gears to the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid spoke today. He basically let you know what he's going to do, what the plan is for preseason football for the Kansas City Chiefs and beyond. That's next.
0: This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome back to Big at Night, Jim, Big, League, Kramer, C. and Sohn. Get some NFL football preseason about ready to start. Field of Dreams game, getting ready to start. MLB, nice job, man. Hats off to him, Kramer. The reviews on this thing are outstanding at this point.
3: So are they, when the game's over, do they both walk out the cornfield?
2: I don't know, but like seeing Aaron Judge walk through that corn and stuff, that was cool.
3: Oh, man, gave me chills.
2: Right like, in the heartland of America, come on, man. That's some goosebumps. Awesome. I still got the goosebumps. 8,000-seat stadium. I, you know these players love it, man. I mean, they go to a lot of different cities and do this and that, but this is different, man. This actually feels like that postseason environment, even though it's not. It's just a regular season game, but it it's got that buzz to it, man.
3: I think they should play the entire series there. I know they're going back to Chicago after this, but still, I think they should play the entire series there.
2: Probably so. We should have more games in Corn. 100% agree. I,
3: this needs to be happened every single season. And play football every single
2: team. year. That At least one game needs to happen here. 100%. Andy Reid spoke today, last time he'll speak before the Chiefs play the San Francisco 49ers Saturday night. No practice tomorrow for the Chiefs. They have three next week. That's it. For St. Joseph, Missouri, for 2021, they had practiced number 16 today up in St. Joe. Here's how Andy Reid plans on divvying up his playing time for the Chiefs this weekend.
5: The one's a quarter, two's a quarter, the second quarter, threes third quarter, four's the fourth quarter.
2: All right, did you get that? One's first quarters, two's second quarter, three's third quarter, fours fourth quarter. I mean, honestly, the, we've talked about the depth chart they put out, the unofficial depth chart. It's not like Andy Reid sat down with Eric Biennium. He's like, ah, see. You'll find out when you watch the game. You'll find out where a guy is. If he's playing still in the fourth quarter, you know where that guy is. If he's still playing the first half, you know, all right, the Chiefs like this guy. Oh, Jody Fortson found his way in in the first half. Interesting. Interesting. You'll take note of that. You'll take note of what's going on. But here's the thing, Kramer. He says first quarter. Here's the thing with coaches. It's Kevin Stefanski from the Browns. He's not playing his regulars. You see that? He said that we're not going to play our regulars. Which is honestly smart. Well, who who knows? Who knows what's smart? I, I think it is smart for the Chiefs to get the linemen sometime. You well, know, hit yes. somebody else besides, you know, themselves, you know, up in camp. Hit another team. I think it's important uh, for the offensive linemen. But you hear this sometimes, too. Like the third game, you'll say, well, Mahomes and the offense will go the first half. Well, that might only be two drives. If the first drive is crisp. Will you see them for another drive in, a sec, in the first quarter? Maybe, maybe not. Like, don't bank on it. Like, don't get your food and beer out and say, oh, Coach Reed said we're getting this, the ones all quarter. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Just just wait until you, you see it. But anyway, Andy Reed was asked how he's going to handle the preseason being three games instead of four.
5: Yeah, I basically do it the same way we did our first three before. You know, and they have, they've got two weeks where we're practicing, you know, so got to get them some work in that's the support for the, for the you know, guys, maybe the, the depth and the backups because they don't have that game Yeah, account. so this game will be important for them, getting some work. Next game, you know, it'll decrease as it goes, but it's important that they get in and show. Then practice will be important. Remember, we make cuts after every game, Tuesday after every game. Yeah.
2: And they do make cuts. 90 players now goes down to 85 on the 17th. Not, not tough. Not tough to shave five guys off your roster. You keep the phone numbers. Hopefully the guys, well, if you get cut first time around, you're either an aging veteran and they give you a chance to catch on with another team. If you're going to make the practice squad, you're probably going go to go the final cuts. But regardless, first cuts, five players August 17th. The following week, the 24th. These are after every game. It goes down to 80 players on August 24th. So we're talking 90 to 85, then the 80. Then the big one, the big one, the thirty-first. That eighty goes down to fifty-three. That's a lot of decisions to be made for the Kansas City Chiefs. The roster when you when you go to consider the thirty-first goes from eighty to fifty-three. We'll talk about some of these camp guys, some of the guys that aren't are having us take notice. They put out the unofficial depth chart. We've seen Pete Sweeney. He's already got the 2.0 of who he who he thinks is going to be on the Chiefs' fifty-three-man roster. He's got Jody Fortson. He's got Jody Fortson earning that job at tight end for the Chiefs. Well, in, in not not the job. That's Kelsey, Blake Bell, Noah Gray, the rookie. He's had a good camp. And then can Jody Fortson be the fourth guy? I don't know. We'll talk to Ron Kopp, ArrowheadPride.com analyst next. This
0: is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
0: the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45% up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
2: welcome back to big at night jay binkley kramer sansone mentioned the field of dreams game i guess uh rob manford has said that mlb will hold a game in dyersville next year Next year, they'll be an Iowa as well. Kevin Costner likes that idea. Says you never mess, mess with a winning streak. It does feel like all the teams will want to touch this. Maybe they will. Maybe other teams will get excited seeing it. I mean, a lot of them are playing right now in, in their cities away from this. But I'm sure they'll watch the highlights later. They're probably curious about it. They'll hear from the other players on both teams. whether they like the experience or not? Trying to get connected with Ron Kopp here. Uh, We had a little bit of a phone line problem earlier because of, well, said storm that uh, hit the city up pretty good a little bit earlier. But uh, we're trying to get by. At least we have air conditioning. It went down for a minute. It came right back on. It's the magic of uh, generators. You know what I'm saying? So we can do things to keep it going. I know that uh, Kramer lost power at his place. I think I did at my place as well. So power back on. Hopefully your power is back on as well. Obviously, your cell phone's working because you're listening to this show or you're out in your car and I must appreciate you for doing that. So you Andy Reid talking about the play time this weekend for the different players. And he said the starters first quarter, second team second quarter, third string third quarter, fourth string fourth quarter. Okay. And uh, I can't write now, Kramer. I'll do it in a second. When I take a timeout, I'll call. We'll just have to push Ron, Ron back to another time. Um, can't send anything right now because I'm on the air and I'm on a one-man show. So what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? But anyway, Andy Reed spoke today too, and he talked about Jody Fortson and he talked about Noah Gray. He really likes his tight ends.
5: Noah's a nice job, yeah. Both he and Jody. I mean, that's good competition right there. So they're playing both playing very well.
2: So he likes him. I know that Pete Sweeney put him on his fifty-three. We'll talk to Ron Comp from Arrowhead Pride if we get him tonight. Not sure that uh, we're gonna be able to with phone lines, but we'll try. We'll try to get Ron at some point to talk about that. But regardless, Andy Reid's liking Jody Forts. Jody Fortson's actually showing a lot out of uh, training camp this season. Trying to make this roster. You know, everybody's got the role. Like Travis Kelsey's got the big time role. He's going to be a guy you could depend on for, you know, 890 to 100 catches. You know that. Blake Bell's more the blocking tight end. Again, 12 personnel. The Chiefs can run. Noah Gray definitely be a part of this team, having a good camp himself. There's Jody Fortson. You know, a guy that can rely on special teams, a four phaser. You never know it. You have some Jody Fortson playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Joined by Ron Cop right now. Sorry for the delay, Ron. We had a little bit of a phone line issue. The storm hit us pretty good, buddy.
6: Yeah, I thought you were just trying to ditch me, Jay. I, no? I thought, you know, I'm just trying to ditch my spot. Uh, <laughs> no, no I, I'm glad we got through. I, I wanted to talk Chiefs tonight, so I appreciate you having me on.
2: Well, I'm going to talk Chiefs with you as well. If people haven't seen it uh your latest over to arrowheadpride.com, the uh, Chiefs' unofficial depth chart, just something you saw out of it. Now, again, you're not making a big deal out of it. You say it is unofficial, which it is. It's not like Andy Reid and Eric bien are writing this depth chart. But I will say this, and I know people say, well, it's like spring training baseball. You don't get anything out of it. The unofficial, actually, it's pretty pretty close to accurate, to be honest with you. It's pretty close to accurate. Other guys will get playing time. But this, this roster is not difficult to figure out. A lot of people probably could have figured it out before the season started. Yeah, you'll have your camp guys like Marcus Kemp, like a Jody Fortson. You'll have these guys trying to make this roster with the Kansas City Chiefs or Devin Key. Who do you think would be your camp guy, Ron? You've been up there quite a bit as well. I'm not talking to Trey Smiths of the world. We'll get to them. Who do you think the camp guy for this season that's earned his job so far in training camp? Three more days to go up there.
6: Okay, so I'll, I'll say a familiar name, but maybe someone that we all kind of wrote off a little bit, uh, you know, too early into his career. I think Colin Saunders has really had a good camp. Yes. He really stood out to me uh, when I was up there those first couple of days in individual drills. He was really looking good movement-wise. He beat, you know, a few offensive linemen and team drills. But I, I've not been there for the pads in recent weeks, but you see the clips, and you see him still playing well. Sagnolo pointed him out in, in his defensive press conference this week, kind of pointing out how he's really taken a step these last few days, really looked good consistently. I think, man, if Colin Saunders can, can put it together and be a, a contributor, you know, he's the fourth defensive tackle on the, on the team. I guess if you, if you count Chris Jones, that's the fifth, and I know Chris Jones is defensive end now, but that just shows you how stocked the line is right now. And if Saunders can be a solid contributor, a guy that he can really make plays when he's in the game, Man, there's a lot of guys you can throw in there at different times, You know, have fresh legs for, for different situations in the game, and that's going to be a real pain in the butt for offensive linemen to deal with, having depth guys that good.
2: You know, they're going to have to cut somebody, too. They're going to have to cut somebody that they don't want to cut. And there's going to be some teams just like the Seattle Seahawks got that point with John Schneider as a GM. He was cutting good guys. You know, Spencer Ware's, Jerron Parker's the world. He was cutting NFL caliber talent. That's what the Chiefs have gotten, especially with the offensive line. In some of these defensive linemen, there's only so many snaps that can go around, though. You know what I'm saying, Ron? Like Chris Jones, I know he's at end. We'll see him at both. He's even talked about being at both. Spagnola's talked about him being at both. I know he's listed defensive end. That's kind of his deal. He'll be in this inside as well. But Turk Wharton, Mike Dana. Mike Dana's a guy that Spag specifically mentioned that's bouncing inside and outside. He's doing a lot of the stuff Chris Jones is. Derek Nottie, that's... Started two straight Super Bowls with the Kansas City Chiefs. Taco Charlton's here. So, it's, yeah, Colin Saunders has look good, but he needs to, and he needs to have a good preseason. You know, it's one thing doing it in St. Joe, another thing doing it against the Niners.
6: Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing, and that's one of the key things I'm watching on Saturday and every, every preseason game is the lines, the trenches. I mean, you can only see so much on, on a broadcast view of the receivers and the corners and what they're doing. But you can see the line. You're always seeing the trenches. Who's firing off fast? You know, who's bearing someone into the ground? Which line is penetrating the other line more? And so that's why I think you can really get a good look at the offensive and defensive lines in the preseason just from your TV view. And there's so many names. You already, you, you just named them all basically, but there's so many guys you want to see you know, have a good game and, and see if they explode off the snap like a Joshua Kendo. You know, when I was up there, man, there was a couple of snaps where he really looked apart, really flew off the ball, really had some electricity in his game, uh, you know, pass rushing, you know, a few snaps with the first team. I'd love to see him in the game, just see how he does flying off the edge, how, how uh, you know, how big a burst he actually does have and all that. And, and so, yeah, I think the defensive line, offensive lines are, are really what you're looking for. I'd like to see what Tim Ward looks like, too. I know it's kind of a, a low-key name that sure. we don't talk about too much anymore. But I, I he's the seventh defensive end right now, and they're not probably not going to keep that many defensive ends. This, this is including Chris Jones. It's going to be a fire cell, buddy. Yeah, exactly. And you want to see if, if he if he can kind of step up and, and force them to make a decision on, let's say, an Alex For You brought him in, but – hey, if these young guys are playing well, why, you know, maybe you don't feel the need to have Okafor around anymore or, or something like that. Because I'd like to see Tim Ward uh, stay on this team and have a spot on this team. But there's only so many DNs you can keep, like you just said.
2: I know one of, the, one of your second points of emphasis uh, since we started with defensive line, that was your first point, as a matter of fact, of your article. But Lucas Niang. Now, here's the deal. Mike Rimmer's been dealing with the back spasms. He comes back today. But Lucas Niang still seems to be getting that nod. He still seems to be getting that nod over Rimmers. Felt that was a battle, kind of an under, put it, put that battle on the undercard. It was still going to be a battle. I never thought this job was 100% going to be Mike Rimmers. I thought Lucas Niang would have a big part of that. Chiefs have scouted this guy. They wanted this guy. He was the highest pick lineman at that point, being a third-round lineman. On the offense, again guy that slid because of the torn uh, hip labrum at TCU. Could have been a first-round pick. But I'm telling you, man, Lucas Niang would be the third rookie on this offensive line. Now, not saying he's going to win the job over Mike Rimmers, but at this point, he's kind of taking care, take, taking care of the opportunity of that open window with Rimmers having the back spasms.
6: Yeah, and, and back is injuries and spasms are definitely not what you want to hear from offensive linemen because that's not something that you can just you know take a few days off and all of a sudden you're, you're 100%, you, know, you don't feel it at all. So that's something that Rimmers is probably going to be dealing with for the next month and... And, you know, just going into the regular season, he's probably going to be dealing with it. And if it's really bothering him, you know, there's not, it's not like an 80% or 90% Mike Remmers is, is that, you know, you have to start, start him over a kneeing if he can go. I'd say in that case, you know, if Remmers just isn't 100% at all, you got to go kneeing. And I do think it was interesting that, that Orlando Brown this week, he was, he was touting Niang pretty good, even said, you know, he'd be surprised if he struggled this year, which, you know, I know that's just players talking, but that's a, that's a big thing to say, to say that you will be surprised to see someone not, you know, you know, just to struggle as a rookie this year. He's already that confident in him. And so, yeah, I, I think Niang's got a great opportunity here, and if he, he just can show it in a game, in these preseason games, which I imagine, you know, he'll get some first-team reps. Well, he, he'll get the first-team reps. you got to imagine he'll get some second-team reps, too. They're, they're going to leave him in there. You know, not just for the first team. So, we'll see plenty of time, in uh, you know, this preseason with Niang. And if he shows enough, man, yeah, I don't – if Remmers is dealing with that stuff at all, I don't think it's a question. I think they should throw Niang out there. Well, you
2: mentioned the word Orlando Brown. That's kind of been the talking point. You know, people see one-on-one battles on Twitter and they'll make judgments about Orlando Brown. Here's the thing about him. He is playing a different side than he's used to. I know he got over 389 snaps at left tackle last year, but he's the right tackle for the Ravens. Playing left tackle. Didn't give up a single sack or quarterback hit when he did do it. Running offense to a passing offense. Some guys are better than the one-on-one drills. I don't know if you saw Jeff Schwartz, the former chief. Did you see his tweets? Um, I don't know which uh, one. No, that, that, that's, that's fine. But anyway, Jeff Schwartz, he does that big boy club where he has the – it's like the John Gruden quarterback camp uh, for linemen. But he was pretty specific. And even he said this, you know, and he said this before too. When he talks about the offensive line and he says one on one reps are hard to win for the line. It's a drill with the advantage to the defensive line. And even Orlando Brown talked about it. He said, I don't want to call myself a gamer, but they work on certain things. So I'm not, but then as Pete Sweeney, editor in chief, heroheadpride.com noted, when he does teamwork, it's like a completely different guy, which in all honesty, that's the guy you want, the guy that's going to show up on Sundays rather than the guy working on things throughout the week. I'm not concerned. I don't know what your concern level is. I have none.
6: Well, and, and the other thing is, you know, it, those clips, those ugly clips of, of him going against Chris Jones. I mean, come on. Chris Jones might be one of the hardest players to yeah. block in the entire league. And, yeah, no, I, I, I do know what you're talking about, the Schwartz the thing. I kind of actually had a, a similar tweet because uh, I saw some people kind of saying Joe Tooney, you know, is he overrated because he was having bad reps against Chris Jones. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> we're talking about one of you know the freakiest athletes on the defensive line in the entire league. Of course one on one he's going to make some of our guys look bad. It's just going to make them better though. And yeah, I do think the the one thing that I that's really stood out with me about Brown is just how mental he is with the game. How how passionate he is about the mental side of it, you know, him and Mahomes communicating on different things like how he should pass that and which one, which type of set Mahomes likes and kind of communicating on that thing instead of just doing his own thing and, and making the quarterback adjust to him. They're talking about things and, and just, you know, from the get go, how passionate he is about being that left tackle and, and playing that position and, and holding it down there. I really like Brown's mental attitude about it all. And, and just how he goes, the, the cognitive stuff of it, the studying stuff of it. He's, he's really impressive in that aspect. And, and, yeah, I think it totally makes sense that, you know, you're just trying stuff out and trying to camp, seeing what works. And there's no reason we should, anyone should really be overreacting to, to what happens, especially going against a guy like Chris Jones, who could really put anyone on their butt, if we're being honest.
2: Another reason to watch this weekend, and we're not even talking about, you know, how fun it might be to see Trey Lance play, right, for the 49ers. Like, there's some storylines on that side as well to, to keep you interested in this game. But Marcus Kemp over Cornell Powell. You like Kemp. I know Pete Sweeney's had him on his – 1.0 53 man roster and his 2.0. Marcus Kemp, he's been around here for a while. He's been on the practice squad back and forth on the active roster. Last year, he had a cup of coffee with the Dolphins, came back to the Kansas City Chiefs. You talk about a guy that the Chiefs don't have his size, six foot four, like that is not part of their arsenal at wide receiver. He has flashed at training camp so far this season.
6: Yeah, and, and the thing is, uh, the first year I covered the team in 2019 in training camp, he was having a really good training camp as well, kind of telling myself, you know, what are we missing with this guy? Why isn't he a bigger part of this team? And obviously he gets hurt that preseason and never gets the opportunity. But he's, he's come back right right this offseason and, and come back just looking like the same, just making plays, you know, toe-tapping catches, catches in traffic, you know, catching a ball in space and, and outrunning defenders to the end zone. He's he's pretty much doing it all. And and the thing about him compared to Powell is that you see Kemp catching passes from Mahomes and Henny. You know, a lot of Mahomes, though, too. Powell really doesn't get much opportunity at all with the first team. I haven't really seen anything uh, with him being in the first team offense. You know, maybe some with Chad Henny, but he's really running with the thirds a lot of the time, the third team. So that's why, you know, we come into this training camp really excited about Powell, even though he's a fifth round pick. But, you know, you, you talk yourself into all these guys. But, you know, at the same time, he is a fifth-round pick, and Kemp's been around, and wide receiver is one of those positions that Andy Reid has said in the past is really hard to get down in his system. It takes a few years, and Kemp has talked about that as well. And so that's why I think when the season gets going, if Kemp does make this team, which I predict as well, I'm with Pete on that. I think he'll be playing over Powell. I think he'd be the one, the fifth receiver in the in the rotation, playing over Powell right now until Powell obviously gets it going a little bit and gets the system down a little more.
2: Yeah, and, and one thing about Marcus Kemp is it's like not like his first rodeo with his team. You know, you know, undrafted 2017, basically he's been on and off the practice squad here. He does have the Super Bowl ring for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mentioned he was on the uh, he was released by the Chiefs, waived on December 15th. Really interesting story. December 22nd, he was signed to the Dolphins practice squad. January 2nd, he played in a game for the Dolphins. Then he reverted back to the practice squad. His, his terms expired there, brought him back to the Kansas City Chiefs, played in that Buffalo Bills game and the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, so it's not like the guy hadn't had experience with his team. And last but not least, Ron, I'll leave with you with this. You have the defensive backs. And talking about DeAndre Baker, because he is behind Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes had a good day today at camp. Mike Hughes probably had his best day today at camp for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, starting on the opposite side at this point, uh, Chevrolet Ward, at least today, which I think gives them the flexibility to play Snead on the nickel. I think that's kind of what they want to do. But, yeah, DeAndre Baker's chasing Mike Hughes at this point. Mike Hughes is another guy that they can use on special teams from time to time as well, even though it depends on his role with the defense.
6: Well, yeah, and this is where the unofficial really comes in to play here because, I can't imagine that DeAndre Baker is actually, you know, according to this list, he's he's either the fifth or sixth or seventh cornerback on, on the on the list because you have at this point, like yeah, Chris Lamons is the second cornerback behind Charvarius Ward. But we've seen Baker and Hughes rotate pretty evenly at that outside position. I know Hughes has definitely gotten more of the reps as, as camp has gone on, and they've actually given Baker a few days off uh, just to, you know, kind of you know, recover from that injury. Still, you know, that broken leg is not easy to come back from, but. I just I, it seems that they like Baker and it seems like he they want him to be involved in the defense a lot more than, than what the death chart says right there. So that's where this unofficial really comes in. I think Baker's a guy that could be, that is really on Mike Hughes's butt right now, on his tail, chasing him for that spot. And I think if you, you know, it'll be one of those things where if one week Hughes doesn't live up to expectations and maybe they throw Baker and there it might be one of those things where neither of them really have it solidified throughout the
2: season no question about it. of course Andy Reid said this in regards to playing time
5: the one's a quarter twos a quarter the second quarter threes third quarter fours the fourth quarter
2: there you go I mean if you see a guy play at the end of the game he's not a one or two or three it's that simple, yes, but we, it's that simple. we didn't have
6: it we didn't have it last year, so I cannot wait. I can't wait to from <laughs> some four, some fourth string defensive line go, get the fourth string offensive lineman. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I, it's going to be fun Saturday.
2: Awesome stuff, Ron Cobb. This is a great job from Matt Stagner on, the, on a podcast, um, Out of Structure podcast. And it, you just called out. Of, I always get the name wrong. I listen to it all the time. It's Out of Structure. Yeah,
6: yeah, you got it. Yeah. okay. Out of just like my home, right. just like my home. Had a structure, yeah. structure,
2: right? Yeah, <laughs> I always catch it on there, but I just I, the name escapes me from time to time. But anyway, you and Matt do a great job on that. Of course, Ron does a fine job on the website as well. I appreciate it, uh, Ron. Enjoy the game Saturday night. We'll talk to you probably again next week. All right,
6: Jay. I appreciate
2: it, man. Anytime. There you go, Ron Cop right there from arrowheadpride.com about Saturday's game. You guys fired up about it? I know I, I haven't given a text tonight, like a theme. I said, Are you watching the, you know, the Field the Dreams game? Because the, have you heard about it? That was my question. Have you heard about it or not? Because they didn't do that publicized. We'd be watching the Chiefs preseason game. Does that wet your whistle? You're going to enjoy that. We'll talk about that next. This
0: is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
2: Welcome back to Big 9. Jay Bankley, Kramer, Sansone. Get our eyes for this Field of Dreams game. By the way, those graphics, this has been a home run so far, right? Yes, there has Scorebug. The score been. bug. It looks great. They've done a great job with the presentation. Everything was cool with this. I guess they're going to do it again next year. Do you think, Kramer, if they made this like a yearly deal, people would eventually get tired about it? I do like them rotating it around a little bit because I don't want it to get stale. I don't want it to lose that nostalgia of doing it. Because when you do it again and again and again and again, it loses the uh, the wow factor.
3: It, it will lose the wow factor, but I also believe people are going to shell out to go out there and watch it. If, if it's only seats 8,000... 8, People are still going to go and it's still in a packed house, but I, I doubt it being like a, a big spectacle type thing. I mean, you're also not going like, to make anything on attendance.
2: 8000 thousand bucks a ticket that you sell them for $8,000, 8, 8, you are getting eight grand. I mean, people
3: still go to watch the um, the NHL uh, Winter Classics. I mean, so that's not played out, and they've been doing it ever since, what, 2014? But they move around. It's true. Different
2: feels like, man, I want to watch this NHL game at Fenway. How about this? Do a different movie say, Have the Sandlot. Like I was interested to see what it was going to be like in Tahoe when they were there. But then the ice, remember, they had to stop the game because the ice is melting. They've done it in L.A. They've had them everywhere. This is why I want to see the NFL do these preseason games from time to time at a uh, college football stadium. I say, I say. Give back. I just say do a different uh, movie set. Do the Sandlot movie set next. (laughs) Like Oklahoma, they may or may not want to help a team that's going to uh, increase its riches here in a couple years in the SEC. But hell. Chiefs play in the state of Missouri. It's in the SEC. I have no problem with it. Move it around. Put it in still what? I don't care. Put it in Lincoln, Nebraska. Manhattan, Kansas. Let's just do it. Let's get back to these communities as well. We'll get the NFL on as well. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 4 of 6, 55 yards. Cam Newton just 0 of 2 so far. 0 and 2 so far. It's nice to see Mac Jones went from 50 down to 10 today because, of course, 50 is an illegal number for quarterbacks even though we got the new numbers in the NFL, Kramer. It'd just be so weird to see a
3: quarterback with the number 50.
2: Yeah, but you can't. You can, but I mean, I just can't do it. You can't do it. That's what I said. You can't. You cannot do it. Cannot do it. The quarterback, the NFL jersey numbers were funny this year. And, you know, some players couldn't change them because if you changed them and you had enough uh, paraphernalia, you had to pay that, you had to pay a couple hundred grand, right? Because everybody's buying your current jersey that you own. So it's interesting to see if some players decided to change them, some didn't. You know, guys like Mahomes didn't change numbers, of course, because can you imagine all the people that already have the 15 jersey? Can you just imagine that? Quarterbacks can wear from 1 to 19, running backs 1 through 49 or 80 to 89. How do you like that? Because we have seen wide receivers go to running back we've seen in the 80s. But how about 80 to 89 for running backs? Still a little weird for me.
3: Let's see an eighty-eight back behind the like I'm not used to that. Like
2: that one's like just weird, man. You're running back, you'll one through 49, that's fine. But that one, I'm all for this, but that's weird. Offensive line, 50 to 79, that's fine. Defensive line, 50 to 79 or 90 to 99. Linebackers one through 59, which is cool, which a lot of players like remember Tom Brady in the beginning? They had a problem with linebackers wearing like single digits. You know if they're a safety, a corner, or are they a linebacker? Kickers one through 19 punters one through 19. Say you got to let the punters wherever the hell they want, but punters were in the eighties night, whatever they want. The captain one to 19 defensive I think you should They one to 49. You should just let everybody wear, where they want? I think we should see an offensive lineman be one. And be like nah. the, the, the center being number one. That'd be sweet. I'm okay with that defensive lineman. Cause I like in college where the big guys were the single digits, Very slender, by the way, very yeah, slender. Exactly. Why not give it
3: to the offensive line? You're, you're,
2: might as well give it to them, too. Well, just saying, you always have to be uh, cognizant of it. But anyway, those the uniform changes in the NFL. Coming up next, though, Kramer, this is fun. By the way, our phone number, 913-576-7610. Coming up next, do St. Bolt, Tyree Kill got another little jolt today. The ongoing subject of the race that we're probably going to see. There's actually a couple events we might see with Chiefs and other players. We'll discuss that next.
0: This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.